Thank you for joining us. The Dacus Report is on the air to defend your religious freedom, your parental rights, and other civil liberties. And now, with the latest information, is your host, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, On today's show, uh, uh, we'd like to talk to one of our attorneys, uh, Emily Mimnaw, who heads up the Pacific Justice Institute office in Nevada, uh, about uh, something that's taken place uh, recently with regards to New York. Uh, Welcome to the program, Emily. Hi, good morning, Brad. Hi, good morning. Uh, Now, we've seen some cases come down that were pro-freedom, you know, uh, choosing for freedom when it comes to vaccine mandates. Uh, We've been encouraged recently, you know, because of, you know, OSHA, you know, the Biden administration got their hand slapped on that. Uh, so far. And then we have the, the, you know, the mandate regarding government contractors and their hand was slapped on regarding that. The, the Biden administration was told, no, you, you can't do that. Uh, even doctors and nurses dealing with, uh, you know, the Center for, I think it's Medicaid and, and Medicare, you know, being told that they have to be vaccinated. They got their hand slapped, uh, you know, in favor of the doctors and nurses. Uh, so we've, we were seeing some positive things moving forward. And then something came down with regards to, to New York uh, that's very, very concerning. A big decision, in fact, from the Supreme Court just recently. What happened? The Supreme Court, in effect, denied emergency relief to all healthcare workers in the state of New York. New York has a vaccine mandate incumbent upon all healthcare workers, and it's really not limited to just healthcare workers, but we, we can get into that. But the employees of various hospitals and healthcare settings across the state brought a lawsuit seeking emergency relief from this vaccine because they are not not allowed a religious exemption under the state under the state mandate and so they're going they're they're going to lose their jobs that that's I don't know how else to put it that that is what the court ruled when it decided not to grant emergency relief now they were seeking emergency relief which is important to, to point out I think because of the fact that uh, we know that uh, Kavanaugh and uh, Amy Coney Barrett in the past have sort of been you know, more reluctant to rule in favor of emergency relief, arguing that traditionally the, the whole case on the merits should make its way to the Supreme Court. So you know, we had three justices that said grant the emergency relief. I understand those were uh, Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch. Uh, it was a 6-3 decision with those three dissenting. If this case makes it comes up to before the the uh, Supreme Court, you know, and the, on, on the merits, there'll be a second chance uh, for these people to prevail. It's just they're going to lose their jobs in the meantime and may not be able to pr- put bread and butter on the table. Yeah, there there is a second bite at the apple, or I guess in this case, a second bite at the big apple. But that is is little comfort, really. That is little comfort for the thousands of people. And Gorsuch, in his dissent, he wrote a 14-page dissent to which Alito signed on. He wrote a 14-page dissent in which he said, point blank, thousands of people are going to lose their jobs because Mm. they can't reconcile receiving the vaccine with their religious convictions. And the state of New York very clearly said, we will not allow allow any exemptions for religious belief. Full stop. Wow. So we're looking at thousands of people about to lose their jobs. I think the aspiration was that the court would look at the the consequences and say, this really is an emergency. We shouldn't let all these people be unemployed only on the hopes that they'll be able to then litigate later on for wrongful termination or have the case uh, decided 
at a later date on the merits uh, by the Supreme Court. Uh, I think the dissenting, I think those in dissent were correct on this. I think it's just the, the numbers, the volume, the impact on uh, health care. Uh, I, I think that's, uh, I think it's a shame it wasn't granted. Uh, Gorsuch was very outspoken. The title of the case is, uh, is the case of, of Dr. A. Um, that's sort of an unusual name for a case, isn't it? It, it is. It's a little bit ominous. It sounds like the beginning of a Bond film. Now, it is Dr. A. B. Hopeful. Hopeful being, of course, the new governor of New York. And Dr. A. is not, of course, the name of the plaintiff. But because it is so acrimonious, because it is so, frankly, nasty, and the governor herself has been very public about her, uh, the politest way to put it would be disdain for those who have professed religious beliefs that prevent them from receiving the vaccine. Because the atmosphere is so nasty, they actually had to litigate this case under pseudonyms or what's called proceeding pseudonymously. So it's like Jane Doe or John Doe suing the state because if people were to put their names onto this litigation, they are actually in fear of the consequences. And, and that's not just something they did out of hyperbole. This is something that you actually have to apply for to the court. And, and even the court in the Northern District, in this case of New York, said, yes, it is so nasty, it is so acrimonious, it is so frankly, unsafe for people to put their names and their addresses onto this litigation, we are going to allow you to proceed without using even your real names. That That is that is an idea of what the environment is like in New York. Wow. Wow. That is very telling. That much hostility and bigotry against people of faith that they had to go out of their way to name the case like that. Uh, that's uh, very telling. What, what is the law at issue here? And 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 how does it impact religious freedom? How does it relate to religious liberty? It, it basically runs completely right over it, religious liberty, religious freedom, and pretends that it doesn't exist. And, and it's we call it a law, but it, it's not a law. It was not passed by the state legislature. It wasn't even an order from the governor. This was a mandate issued by a New York health body, unelected individuals, who I don't think anybody in the state of New York could name. <laughs> nobody, certainly nobody voted for them. Nonetheless, they have issued a mandate that says that anyone who works or even volunteers in a healthcare facility in the building must be fully vaccinated. Emphasis on the world word fully, because of course now we're into booster mania, but that's a separate, you know, that's a whole nother uh, kettle of fish, I guess. Um, but but there is no religious accommodation. You must be fully vaccinated, in effect, if you want to work in person. And this doesn't just cover, you know, nurses. It doesn't even just cover lab techs. We're talking about people who might work in accounts or in billing or in HR. If you are in the building of the hospital and you have the potential to affect another person, who has the potential to affect another person who might then infect a nurse, you know, there, there is no limit to the, the amount of um, disconnect between me and you and two other people who might then infect somebody in the building. Everyone is covered by the mandate. I can't, I, I can't tell you who is not covered by the mandate except for people who work entirely from home. I have never met a nurse who works entirely from home. Yeah. So, it, so let's say we have an employee who says, okay, uh, I'll wear a mask like I have the last 18 months and function just fine. I'll wear a mask. I'll be a regular testing, social distancing, go through the same safety protocol that we've been doing for the last year and a half successfully and effectively. They, they would, they're going to lose their jobs, even though what they've done in the, in the past has proven to work. I, I, I just don't see how they, 
an employer could suddenly change change the rules of the game and say uh, that which has proven itself to work is no longer working and that we're going to say it's not working and you have to be vaccinated no matter what. That's that's really what we're looking for. It's, it's that degree of extreme radical intolerance without any uh, real concept of, of looking at the actual interests involved here. That's the way I see it. Well, believe it or not, that's actually the way the health council that issued this mandate sees it as well. And this is the thing where it's, it's almost eye-crossing maddening because they say we're issuing a mandate, everyone must be vaccinated. And when they issue these emergency orders, they have to say, well, did you explore other reasons, you know, other options? And they, you know, so they say, what are other possible ways to mitigate? We, well, we, we could do testing, but that seems burdensome. That, that was the only reason they gave why they couldn't do testing instead of vaccination. And then, and here's the kicker, they said, we could use fit tested masks. And their words, not mine, their words, that that would prevent transmission if you use an actual fit tested N95 mask. Yeah. And that, that was it. They didn't give a reason why they couldn't use masks. They just said that would work, that would prevent transmission, but we're issuing a mandate. So they actually admitted that, that yeah. there's ways to mitigate. Um, they've done the testing in the past. The hospitals didn't go under. They didn't close down. They're fully functional. So anyway, I did, I did just, it's just evidentiary as to the real intolerance and bigotry that we're looking at here. This seems political, not scientific, not statistical, not looking at basic uh, reasonable standards for healthcare. We're looking at something much more uh, sinister than that as far as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and that's very troubling. Uh, what, what is there, what was the prior mandate th that allowed for religious liberty in, in New York? There was a prior mandate, right? That's right. There was originally a very, very short lived mandate that was going to allow for some religious accommodations. I actually think that one was also too narrow, but before that mandate even saw the light of day, governor, then governor Cuomo, was driven, well, resigned in disgrace. And when he left, uh, Governor Hochul, Kathy Hochul, took over. And she took over on September 24. And within a matter of days, she oversaw this council, which issued a new mandate, which completely stripped out all of the religious accommodations intentionally and left only an allowance for medical accommodations. So they will allow people to be in the hospital and to work in the hospital if they're not fully vaccinated. It's just if that reason is medical. It's if, if the reason is religious, it doesn't count. And I have yet to see any science that says a person who isn't vaccinated for medical reasons is less contagious or less dangerous than a person who isn't vaccinated for religious reasons. So someone who has a medical condition, this is really good. Someone, it's really bad. So someone has a medical condition, that's whatever it is, COPD, whatever it is, they say, okay, uh, you can come in and you can interact and work uh, and no problem. But if it's you have religious convictions, you can't come, come in and work, but they're both just as equally contagious. There's, there's not, the, per, the, the person of faith is not more dangerous than the person who had a medical condition. So this, this makes absolutely no sense at all. Is there any accommodation do we know of uh, for those who've already had COVID or are they treated as unvaccinated? Do we know they that? Are treated, uh, they are treated as unvaccinated. Now, we know just this week there are, there are going to be hearings in Congress about this, trying to get to why it is that well, the United States is pretty unique looking at, it, looking at this globally in its total disregard for the importance and reality 
of you know natural immunity and having antibodies from prior infection. So that that I, I shouldn't say that that's being ignored on a nationwide level, but in New York, that is wholly, totally, completely irrelevant. You must be vaccinated if you want to work in the hospital. Unless you have a medical accommodation, religious applicants need not apply. And current religious applicants will be fired. Well, that makes me that makes me angry because someone who's had COVID, we have a we now on our website, we have 135 studies linked, a link to 135 studies, not 13, 135 now, all saying the same thing that people who've had COVID have a deeper and broader immunity than someone who has been vaccinated. So, and they have a zero transmission versus someone who's been vaccinated has a 5% transmission rate. They're, they're at risk. I mean, they're riskier. And so they're treating people who all these, like there's over a hundred million people who've had COVID. They're treating all these people as if they have, have no antibodies, if they're dangerous, they're the most, the safest people to be around are people who have had COVID and they're saying, no, they have to be vaccinated. This is just bullying. This has nothing to do with science, nothing to do with safety. Uh, New York should be disgraced and ashamed of themselves. This governor uh, makes has absolutely makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I like to think there are enough sane people in the state of New York uh, to boot this lady out of office the next chance they get, but uh, that apparently is not uh, that's not the case. They booted they uh, their her predecessor it was booted for other reasons. But I think that that moving forward, this is. Uh, this is a, a clear breach of public trust. Was the prohibition against religious exemptions intentional? Well, that's, I think that's the, that's the key question, Brad. And the answer is yes, yes, yes. And I say that three times because the governor repeatedly, at least three times on the record, by which I mean published it, printed it, put it up on her website. She is so proud of this. Very explicitly and intentionally stripped out the religious exemptions and so when the question is, this makes no sense, why would we ignore natural immunity? Why would we say that medical people can have exemptions, but religious people can't? It makes no sense unless the point is you do not believe, you do not think there is any reason a religious person should have an exemption. And that's what the governor thinks. And she has come out and said repeatedly, this is, quote, there are no legitimate religious exceptions. And she has said this over and over and over. On September 26th, she actually took, I kid you not, this is not an exaggeration, she actually preached from the pulpit at a Christian center. And her whole homily, her whole sermon was actually posted publicly on the New York governor website. So this is a government webpage in which she says that everyone needs to be her apostles because God wants people to be vaccinated. Whoa. They, yeah. Everyone should be her uh, what, what, what did you say? Apostles? That was her word, and it's published on her governor's webpage. Whoa. Okay. This is, uh, that is way out, way out. I mean, uh, I, I've heard of politicians with an ego, but none of them setting them up to be in any way equal to Jesus. But she used the word apostles, uh, and she wants everyone to, to follow her. Um, I understand on September 26th, you know, from what part of one of the things she said was, uh, or on the 27th, she says, there are not legitimate religious exemptions because the leaders of all the organized religions have said there's no legitimate reason. So she's disqualifying anyone who has a religious exemption saying that it's just a bunch of baloney, it's not real. Um, so she's going to ignore people of faith, ignore people with religious exemptions, basically say they don't exist. 
they're all liars. I, uh, that's basically what she's communicating. Yeah, she has communicated that. And she has said that the people, again, in her sermon, she said that people who weren't getting vaccinated, quote, were not listening to God. They're not the smart ones. And I, I, it is both ridicule and it's insulting and it is dismissive of anyone whose beliefs do not align with hers. So I, I, I have Sermon on the Mount. I guess hers is the Sermon on the Jab. I don't know. Um, but she published it, very proud of it. It was not something she did even in the auspices of a private citizen. Again, it is on the New York governor's website. She even ordered a rush transcript to get it up as quickly as possible. So, so she wants apostles and she is preaching. And unfortunately, emergency relief is not going to happen. So this is going to have to be litigated the old fashioned slow way. And people are going to lose their jobs in the meanwhile. Wow. Well, um, you know, to, to see someone like her suddenly being spiritual, which is not her pr protocol, um, in a way that is derogatory and hostile to people of faith, in a way that is uh, actually heretical from a, people from a, a true Christian biblical world worldview. Um, I, I, I'm very disturbed by that, but unfortunately, the biggest concern is, is the impact it's going to have on so many people uh, losing their jobs. Going back to, uh, to Gorsuch, uh, his dissent, um, did he address Governor uh, Hockle uh, and her animosity toward religion? He did, and he was appalled. You can just feel when you read it. I mean, he's a pretty feisty writer to begin with, but in this one, he really, I mean, he had a lot of material to work with. And, and he said that the record practically exudes suspicion, suspicion of those who do not have popular beliefs. And that is literally a legal standard, which is you do not discriminate against someone's religious beliefs simply because you disagree, simply because you don't like it or because it's unpopular. And of course, that is precisely what we have seen here. The state of New York intentionally removed religious exemptions, which were previously allowed. And then the governor literally went on a media tour and a sermon to tell people in New York how unreligious and un, un, just how, how unreligious and stupid people who weren't getting vaccinated were. It, it, is, it is almost textbook in terms of religious based discrimination. Yeah, it's uh, it's very disturbing. It says uh, says this record gives rise to more than a, quote, slight suspicion that New York acted out of, anim quote, animosity toward or a distrust of unorthodox religious beliefs and practices, end quote. Also, says these applicants are not anti-vaxxers who object to all vaccines. Um, yeah. Why, why do you make a point? Why, why was that important? Because his point is that these aren't people who simply don't want to be inconvenienced, don't want to get jabbed, don't want to get the vaccine. They have sincerely held religious beliefs. And in the case of these applicants, they stated that they believe abortion is wrong and that they are aware that each of the vaccines currently available have ties to fetal stem cells with, with connections to abortion. And for them, they determined that they could not receive the vaccine in good conscience. And that is, you know, a sincerely held religious belief. Now, the governor, people, other people can disagree. Other Christians can disagree. That doesn't change the fact that that is their sincerely held religious belief. And I, I really like what Gorsuch had to say about that. I'm, I'm going to read this. He said, the free exercise clause, freedom of religion, protects not only the right to hold unpopular religious beliefs inwardly and secretly, 
it protects the right to live out those beliefs publicly. So it is not just the right to believe and think something. It is the right to be free from compelled action that will violate your sincerely held religious beliefs. Yeah. And that people should be able to practice their faith, not just secretly, but publicly. I think that's a very fundamental principle. Um, and to see them trying to uh, dispel people with religious beliefs and convictions that are linked to the issue of abortion really makes no sense because we had Sotomayor uh, just recently in oral argument uh, try to uh, stereotype everyone who is uh, pro-life uh, as having being pro-life simply and solely for religious reasons. Uh, and here we have uh, this court uh, basically allowing uh, this kind of Governor Hockle and others to uh, disqualify people um, as not having legitimate religious beliefs uh, who have specific issues with regard to the pro-life issue. It's like this, this strange double standard. They'll, they'll believe it's religious for one purpose, but then they'll disqualify religious convictions and beliefs for another purpose. Um, and I, I see that as, as very troubling. Is it narrowly tailored though? Part of the standard, I, I, you know, when we're looking at uh, you know, free exercise of religion. When a, one of the questions is, is there a compelling state interest? Um, but also the government action also needs to be narrowly tailored. Even if there is a compelling state interest, say there's health and safety concerns and say they're able to, to get over that, uh, that double standard of, of how they're dealing with it, which we already talked about, it still has to be narrowly tailored. Is it, is it narrowly tailored? I, obviously not. We know that in their own in their own report, in the issuance of the mandate, they said we could also achieve these results through testing. We could achieve these results, this prevention of transmission through fit tested N95 masking. They didn't give a reason why they wouldn't do that. And then on top of it, they refused. New York actually refused to give a number, a percentage goal as to what they wanted for vaccination within the healthcare work fit, workforce. So in contrast, we saw a similar mandate in Maine, which was also uh, did not get emergency relief. And there they said, we need at least 90% vaccination. New York wouldn't even commit to that because the numbers indicate in New York, the healthcare workforce is between 90 and 96% vaccinated. And we know that, and Gorsuch addressed that. So we know it's not narrowly tailored. We know that New York is unique. It's one of only three states with such a broad ranging dragnet type mandate. And of course, we know it's not neutral. It's not generally applicable. It's targeting religious people with whom others disagree. And, you know, frankly, they don't like them. Yeah. This Governor Hockle is uh, uh, she's she's a nightmare. She is a living nightmare for those of us who are in favor of religious freedom and for people not to be openly and upfrontly discriminated against because of their faith. Uh, she uh, I, I think there's going to be a lot of angry New Yorkers after everything is all said and done. Uh, but. If we look at this situation from a political perspective, it seems to me like that uh, that there's some political influence potentially with regard to the Supreme Court. What, what say you? Yes, that seems to be in pushing the Supreme Court particularly away from granting emer what we're talking about as emergency relief. And that is, you know, that is truly an extraordinary form of relief. I think it is merited because this is extraordinary discriminatory statute or mandate, not a statute, a mandate that we're seeing. But there was a fair number of emergency or what are called shadow docket cases that get accelerated through the court because there is something called irreparable harm occurring, which is to say if it goes through full litigation, if it gets litigated so-called on the merits, it will take too long. And by then the harm is already done 
and there is no remedy. And so because we saw that last year, there were, you know, critics of the court who said, oh, this is happening too much. Well, I, I would say in counter to that, uh, you know, COVID led to an unprecedented crackdown and restriction and stripping of religious freedom, among other constitutional rights. Nonetheless, over the summer, we saw various justices, Amy Coney Barrett, Breyer, Alito, um, go out on the circuit and kind of defend the court's actions. So I think this term, we're going to see the Supreme Court be a lot less willing to grant these emergency relief cases. So that, that doesn't mean it's over, but it means that they they really don't like the criticism and the scrutiny, and they're trying to pull back on that. I think that that is fair. It, it seems to me that uh, that it's the court is going to be a lot slower because if they don't grant emergency relief, that means we've got to wait for these cases to go through the whole process. Where you go up the courts, you go down the courts, you start with the district, you go to this. Because this, this case has already started in the district court. It went to the circuit court. Now it's gone to the Supreme Court. The same, same case without emergency relief will take three, four, five years, not months. Pacific Justice Institute invites you to join in the fight to protect our religious liberties. Consider volunteering in one of our California offices or become an affiliate attorney. Visit our website to find out more, pji.org. And while you're there, subscribe to our Legal Insider to keep updated on all of our current cases. Pacific Justice Institute. Together, we can make a difference. So folks, there you have it. It's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brian Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms. Thank you for listening in today. To find out more about the Pacific Justice Institute or the Dacus Report, call 916-857-6900 or log on to pacificjustice.org.